0: Hey, welcome to episode 18 of the Let's Innovate for Vegas podcast. I am your host, Managing Director of the Innovate for Vegas Foundation, Dan Hugo. Another solo show today. Honestly, a lot of things happening here in the greater Vegas area, so it's a great time to talk about MyVegas. Welcome to MyVegas, in fact. Two, two, two projects in one. All right, let's get down to business. So we have two projects that are actually sort of different sides of the same coin. The Welcome Project and the My Vegas Project. So what are they about? We are supposed to be a smart city. If you ask anyone in a very small group of people, they will agree. Las Vegas, smart city. Most people have no idea because it's uh, some obscure things that the casual person wouldn't really interact with. Uh, the casual user, if you live here, will find a collection of... Disjoint tools and disconnected resources, and you will probably end up, you'll resort to posting on social media looking for help or looking for answers. This is a known problem. It is something people talk about, but it doesn't necessarily get turned into uh, an action to solve. There's a, there's actually an application called Go Vegas available in your app store. I do not recommend you download it. That was not me saying that. That was actually people from the city of Las Vegas government. Uh, I'm pretty sure they paid for that. So the problem, our smart city needs a better interface. It needs a human interface for a smart city. So we conceived the My Vegas project. That's what it was to be, was a way for people who live here. And Vegas, as always, is not merely the city of Las Vegas, but what the world thinks is Vegas, which is substantially larger in area, population, and excitement. So to have people be able to actually find things, to be able to interact with services, to be able to report issues, to be able to submit survey information, we'd like to be able to add to the open data data sets that the city maintains. That would be our open data capture platform project. So we, we have that as a basis on which to build not only adding data to but retrieving data from open data data sets to display. So these are things, anything from administrative boundaries to population distributions to something I'd like to see, uh, habitat encroachments every once in a while on social media. And when I say social media, in this case, it's probably the most awful website in the world next door. I say that because it's usually not useful. Every once in a while, somebody will point out that there's a coyote or uh, more scorpions or more snakes or you know, different a different collection of uh, critters is visiting closer to their homes. Now, why is that? Well, habitat encroachment, the availability of water and other the survival resources that they need are being found closer to where we are. We need to keep track of that. And instead of anecdotally suggesting that coyotes are in a neighborhood and they're snatching pets. That's what they do. Uh, when multiple wild animals are together, especially, especially pack animals like coyotes and wolves, they will hunt out something to eat. Fluffy might be a uh, dinner. That's uh, sad, but true. I'm not trying to be dismissive. I'm saying that that's how that works. So by posting something on a text only discussion forum, like next door, you don't actually gather data. You only gather anecdotes. The data would be like, a point on a map, and what did you see? One coyote, ten coyotes. Where else did somebody see those, peop- those uh, people? Those <laughs> people, those coyotes. When was it? Where you know what time of day? What time of year? These are things that are easy to do. So the My Vegas platform began its life as a um, like, hey, we should be able to talk to our people here in the city bidirectionally, and be able to not only collect data for the open data data sets, but but display the data that we have. Probably the Open Transit project will make its way into there as well. So we have the Open Data Capture Platform, Open Data Capture Platform, which I already said, uh, Open Transit, and the the VLocal project, obviously, which I've talked about in a previous episode, not to mention Smart Social, right? Smart Social would be the the communication layer of the MyVegas portal, if you will. So now I have a human interface for our smart city. I have a way to communicate with other people and maybe things. I have a way to get around. I have a way to identify myself. And I have a place to enter and retrieve data sets that I can use to interact with our smart city. It's almost like these things are all fitting together, uh, except for the whole volunteers participating part. So now, if you look at um, LVCVA has a website, the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority, and here again, Vegas is not necessarily Las Vegas, even though it's in the name. It's actually, you know, includes very specifically the convention center and other convention centers. Now, you know, so LVCC, the Las Vegas Convention Center, but also the the existence of some 155,000, I think it is, um, rooms in the various resorts and hotels, the other convention centers in the resorts. The other event venues that are not necessarily convention centers. I'm sure if if 10,000 people show up to go to the racetrack or to uh, Area 15, well, that that would be very full. But yeah, not everything is a convention center when there are big, giant gatherings. Uh, World food truck events are outside, probably. So there's a lot of people coming to Vegas. 40 million, according to that website. um, Back to eh, not quite pre-pandemic, but eh, we'll get there. So 40 million people a year, how did they interact with MyVegas? So the welcome project was to be MyVegas, but geared for people who are only visiting. So if you visit Vegas, you don't necessarily need to know where coyotes are, although that might be useful, depending on why you're here. But what you do need to know is how to get around, um, where different places to eat and drink, of course, but also medical and special needs and accessibility and other things that visitors might f- provide feedback for if they find an issue that people living here don't necessarily run into. If I live in Vegas, I am not hanging out on the Strip. I don't see the sorts of problems or issues or even good things right? that you, that a visitor might see. So the Welcome Project was, was all about people who are not necessarily uh, full-time or even part-time locals. They're visitors, whether for work or play or a growing list of other options, uh, sporting events, car races, uh, <laughs> building implosions, stadium construction. Who knows? Could be anything. So when people come here, the welcome platform would be aimed at them. So welcome, my Vegas. And again, here, you know, you can, can connect uh, the social components. Calendar is <laughs> the cat. I've done other episodes about this. The calendar is such a fundamental component of any. Society, just to know when and where things are happening, so that you might participate or be made aware of important information being shared and so on. Especially if there's government or government agency or you know public safety, public health, availability of food or drink in cases of emergency or individual needs. There, there's all manner of things that it really makes life easier if if we know when and where they are. So the calendar project, as part of Smart Social, is just as useful for someone visiting. The events that they might be interested in, probably not uh, community, probably not award, uh, what is it, Coffee with Cops, I think it is, Cops and Coffee, which happen now and then. Even those are hard to find. But yeah, anytime there's a, a an event for locals, those are probably more community calendar centric. But in general, there's always an event calendar. And that's what people think about in Las Vegas when you say calendars. It's when is, uh, when is a particular performance on the Strip, uh, a residency, when is that F1 race happening? I think it's November 17th. When is a particular week? When is CES? When is, uh, uh, what do you call it? NA, um, NAB, thank you. When is SEMA? Uh, when are any number of special events that are substantial in attendance and, and uh, traffic, <laughs> as always, but people often are surprised by these things because there's just not a general awareness. So the the MyVegas and Welcome platforms would sort of converge on those larger events that are geared more towards visitors, but as well, we can certainly build this platform out to be useful for everyone. And then the important part, you, wherever you are listening to this, you probably live in a city or near one, and you may even be using some sort of a mobile device or even not mobile. Maybe you're sitting at your computer in your house or home, or maybe you don't have a home, maybe you're in a van. People that, no matter what their circumstances, should be able to connect to what is happening. If you are a resident of Las Vegas, but you are not exactly living in a home with a mobile phone or two and nice fast internet access, eventually some of those things might come into your life, but anyone should be able to figure out what's going on and where, who to call if you do need some emergency services or just basic aid. So these both of these platforms are are geared towards not a installed native application on your Android or iPhone device, but much more web friendly. Uh, mobile web is <clears throat> is finally catching up to the rest of the world. I believe Apple at the recent uh, mobile world, what is it called? Mo- mobile, oh, Worldwide Developer, yeah, Worldwide Developer Conference. They announced that they're kind of supporting uh, progressive web apps now. Um, With some caveats, but at least now it's a little bit more possible to not have to install to have access to usable, useful information. An app-like experience on your device, and that can be on your desktop browser, on your laptop, on your phone, in a library or other shared area where you have access to computers when you can, or other people can look up information for you if you don't have one of those things. Making these things generally available is an important component uh, at city scale because, again, not everybody has all these tools. So, if we can make information easy to find, easier at least, and if we can make it available on many devices in many contexts, then more people can participate with information and action. Uh, A non trivial component of this is, again, to be able to reach out to people and ask questions How are things? How is your health? How is your access to the internet? How is your access to electricity? Hey, you're visiting here. How was it easy? was it easy? How was it for you to get around? What do you think of this underground tunnel with cars? Shouldn't it just be like a monorail underground? Wouldn't that work if anyone has ever been to New York or anywhere in the world with subways? seems like that's been done. So yeah, the ability to capture feedback from people in a sort of rolling fashion. So you can always just submit notions or respond to queries instead of, uh you know, every 10 years or other ridiculous intervals. So yeah, the ability to always talk to people. And then one of the more important things when you use mobile web, mobile browser, any browser technologies, the web is pretty much able to be accessible. The technology has been around for a long time. Why ARIA is pretty accepted, pretty well and diversely implemented and available. So that's the, I do not remember once again what the acronym is, but it's Accessibility Standards for uh, Web-Based Content. So you apply some markup. If you're a nerd, you know HTML markup, and you can uh, add some attributes, and you can tell the browser where certain elements are so that they can be translated more easily and provide for you know vision or hearing impaired or other special access requirements to navigate and to interact. So these things have already been done. They're probably done in your mobile platform um, app, your native mobile app platform tools, but you can do it once in the web, and uh, you can make changes without having to force a reinstallation, without having to update people with different versions of apps and whatnot. It's just always going to be current. So once you have your accessibility tackled, why not make your app, your web app, your your mobile web app, mobile first web app. In fact, maybe even progressive web app. Why not make it internationalized? So that anyone who speaks any language or who can read or or listen to any language, depending on their accessibility options that they're making use of, uh, why not have this content available in multiple languages? This way, for example, if I'm looking at the MyVegas portal, I want to see where the buses are. Don't use that stupid transit app. It's crap. Just check and see what the schedules are posted by our local regional transit commission. Thanks in part sometimes with shaking fist and frustration uh, from swiftly. Thanks to part two swiftly with that frustration. But you may want to find out where this, this next bus is that you're waiting for to get downtown or to the strip or to the airport or wherever. Work, play, school. You probably have some idea if you are a regular bus rider. Although on July 1st, they will be changing the schedules, which good luck. There will be countless people who are frustrated by these changes. Once again, they did a awful job on January 27th, 2023, when they rolled out other schedule changes. So keeping people informed is great, and they probably will try to do so in English and Spanish. Suppose you don't speak those languages. Suppose, in fact, on the welcome side, I'm here from, well, pick a country where they, they, and thus maybe perhaps the person visiting, do not speak English as a first or any language. Well, hopefully you speak Spanish, because otherwise you may be out of luck. You may have to You'll, you'll have to see what you're going to uh, find out. Countless times I've seen people visiting from other countries. I am uh, in case you have not listened to other uh, episodes of this podcast, I do ride the bus. I sold my car many years ago, having not used it for extended periods when I was traveling for work. And so I've settled into the absolute convenience of not having my car broken into, my catalytic converter stolen, or other trauma from having a vehicle that I would not need. So I make a uh, substantial use of the bus countless times. I've tried to help when I can. People from other countries who do not speak English or Spanish, trying to get around. There's a lot of pointing at screens, a lot of uh, <laughs> joking. I'm joking, but uh, you know, speaking slowly and loudly, that doesn't actually help. But hey, why not make your web-based content internationalized and so it can be localized for not Las Vegas, but localized to the person viewing it, trying to use this content, viewing it or listening to it or whatever they're interaction to get to the airport, to get to a hospital, to get to the resort that they have uh, reservations at, to get to a restaurant. You can use Google Maps, yes, but now there are efforts to promote and advertise for various things in Vegas and making that as easy as possible. Making use of existing technologies, well, that's a low-hanging fruit. So that's part of the Welcome into My Vegas project. There's more. There's other stuff. These are, um, these are what we're looking at. So Another component of this, and i are getting getting close to the end here, wrapping up a, a solo episode. There's plenty of other stuff to do today. By the way, I don't know if I mentioned this. It's the 21st of June. You didn't hear this from me, but it is my birthday today. Thank you for listening. I will count that as uh, one of my gifts that I didn't even ask for. But uh, thanks. Thanks for your well wishes, I'm assuming. So we are going to be reaching out to non-Las Vegas innovators. Our mantra has always been local innovation by local innovators. Our foundation name, obviously, is Innovate for Vegas. I've also said several times that Vegas is not merely the city of Las Vegas. It's a region. It's much larger than any administrative boundary. You could argue it's a state of mind. In fact, if you listen to the VLocal episode, our boundaries may be global. They may extend to wherever you are. Wherever, wherever anyone wants to be a local, they may be looped in. So what we'd like to do is start having <clears throat> local... And non-local innovation that is non-local and local innovators innovating for Vegas, but not necessarily in Vegas. so when you think about it, as I've mentioned, 40 million tourists coming to Vegas every year that's our run rate obviously it varies a little bit here and there, but about 40 million people. If we build welcome and My Vegas well, they could just as easily be welcome and my anywhere my any town USA, if you will. Anytime anybody travels, they should be able to get good information about health and safety, about fun, tourism stuff. They shouldn't rely on antiquated information or what I call the information firehose. This is a common thing. Just tell people everything. The world is shifting to AI. So if we have everything, we can train our AI on everything. And then rather than being presented with 25 web pages on my phone with everything to do, eat, listen to, drink, watch, smell, taste, sit on, here in Vegas, uh, presented on one giant infinite scroll web page. How about going back to the old days of the Google simple website? And I hesitate to use the uh, the Windows Microsoft Windows. Um, what is it? Where, what do you want to do today, or where do you want to go today? So why not? Use the AI tools that are available not to create resumes and job racks so that nobody ever has to read or do anything, or to cheat on homework. How about I would like to eat some Ethiopian food today, and get a usable response, and maybe using cues based on uh, current location, maybe some other interests. Maybe you know this is a, I'm designing it right here uh, on this episode. But suppose you made this interactive experience such that. Rather than a fire hose of frustrating, bad, badly interfaced information, and even MyVegas Unwelcome would benefit from this in general, right? MyVegas, you don't have to navigate 25 layers of menus to figure out how to report a beehive that might be endangering kids, at the voice of experience. you know, Maybe I just say, hey, there's a beehive here, who do I talk to? And maybe we have trained our AI and there's enough of a bolus of, of source documents with correct information that's current that I get an actual answer rather than swimming through pages of Google search results and ultimately tweeting to the city of Las Vegas voice of experience. So yeah, there's there's a ton of possibility here. And what I would love to see is our non-local innovators participating, committing code and and project components, visualizations, user interface elements, internationalization and localization trans, uh, um, translations. The the components and the QA not, not not to mention just the general marketing and design interaction with humans if we can actually make this happen for Vegas with 40 million people trying it why not take it back home with you and be able to use it where you live so everything we do innovating for Vegas can just because of the sheer volume of people and cross section of humanity that visits Las Vegas could actually be destined for other places what happens in Vegas might very well travel back home. And I don't mean we just went through that a couple of years ago about uh, spreading things, but here it would be actual utility, good user experiences, engaging with their smart cities, wherever they live, seeing what we can do here in Vegas for huge swaths of the population. Uh, well, 40 million is not huge in comparison to the global population, but Nice cross sections. So a nice. Hopefully, we'll we'll learn a bit more about cultures and language and expectations and cultural norms. So yeah, these I I view this as an opportunity. In particular, um, <clears throat> open transit obviously for people who use public transit, but the MyVegas and Welcome platforms, if you will, portals. Uh, these have an opportunity These are an opportunity. They present an opportunity to build for everyone, and they don't have to be in Vegas. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. You can hear my voice is already fighting with me. Uh, allergy season in Vegas—that should be on both the welcome and my Vegas uh, top of the top of every page. The current status of people with allergies, and you know, it would actually be interesting to, to survey people visiting here and what they experience. Uh, there's always been, especially in April and May, the Vegas croup—I think they called it. You will see people with their eyes watering, with the you know coughing just general congestion or a general the litany of allergic responses to the various who knows what floating around in the air here the wind the seasonal wind kicks up a whole bunch of stuff and who knows about the test site and and what sorts of alien and, and radioactive debris is being tossed up into the air and blown around and whatever other desert flora and fauna every year it happens every year it happens to me and others so for me it, it manifests as congestion and a I'll call it voice fatigue. So right now, I'm I'm actually struggling to speak reasonably uh, without totally caving in and just uh, going quiet, which I will do shortly. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, maybe <laughs> what's, what's my allergy today? But yeah, there's there's all kinds of opportunities here with something like 2.3 million people who live in the Southern Nevada region and the 40 or so million who visit from here, there, and everywhere. And being able to learn, not only learn, but share... Uh, useful information, interesting information, fun information with people will be useful. Those are the two projects. Welcome and My Vegas. If you do not live in Vegas, that's okay. A lot of people don't. <laughs> it is, it is crazy. Uh, if, if you live in a place with similar statistics, a ratio of visitors to residents, uh, you know, it's a rarity, but everything in the Las Vegas area is probably geared, unless you are a residential suburb, which is where I'm recording this episode. But for the most part, the Strip, downtown, you know, the core of the city, kind of in the middle, and eh, a lot of places are geared towards those vis- visitors. Make no mistake, 40 million people can't be wrong. On that note, I thank you for listening. As always, today has been episode 18. Welcome to my... And I've been your host, Dan Hugo, Managing Director of the Innovate for Vegas Foundation. We are a nonprofit public charity. We always take donations, rarely get them. We also always take civic volunteers. Rarely get those as well. But you can visit our website, innovateforvegas.org, all one word. There's a donate button on there if you want, or you can just check out some stuff. There will be more and more stuff happening on there as our name change and our new URL and our email swap back to or over to from Code for Vegas history to the new and improved Innovate for Vegas. And then we'll launch our Code for Vegas and Create for Vegas forkening. We'll see what happens. Thank you again.